0: Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning at verse 11, the scripture reads, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments, and his judgments, and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest, when thou hast eaten, and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I'd like to speak this morning on this subject, remembering our foundation. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about the tallest building in the world. tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, rises more than 2700 feet, that's over a half mile tall. It has 160 floors and is twice as tall as the Empire State Building in New York City. It's home to the world's fastest elevator that travels at 40 miles per hour. The Burj Khalifa also hosts the world's highest outdoor observation deck on the 124th floor and the world's highest swimming pool on the 76th floor. This structure currently holds 15 world records. But the secret to the stability of this massive building is found underground. Before construction began to raise this up, workers spent a year digging and pouring the massive foundation that supports the building. The foundation contains almost 60,000 cubic yards of concrete weighing over 120,000 tons. The building, one that high, is safe because the foundation is solid. We all know that a strong, firm foundation is essential to every building, organization, government, and even family that's to withstand the test of time. America's foundation upon the word of God, has provided stability to our nation for over 200 years and will continue to do so should we as a country continue to honor God as the founder of this great land. President Woodrow Wilson said, A nation which does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is tomorrow. In celebrating Independence Day this week, I believe we ought to remember our nation's true foundation. As we see in today's passage, the Lord spoke to the children of Israel before they even entered into the promised land and warned them not to forget His goodness to them. God had given them a list of blessings in the first half of chapter 8, and He wanted them to remember that whatever glory and blessings they would attain was because of His goodness to them. Many who helped form our nation were men who believed the Bible was God's word and sought to honor and obey the Lord. Others who were not Christians agreed upon and banded together to uphold the Judeo-Christian principles on which this great land was founded. Many believed the only true source of wisdom and understanding was God's word. They who resisted England's grip risked their lives to break away from King George's powerful hold on the colonies in order to obtain their freedom. In doing so, they relied upon the God of heaven to help them in obtaining their freedom. Our text calls attention to three areas of utmost importance that must not be forsaken if God's people wish to continually enjoy the freedoms granted them by the Lord. So these three things that we'll look at this morning, obviously, and directly applied to the nation of Israel as she was entering into the promised land, but by way of application can apply to us as American citizens in regard to God's blessings he's poured out upon this land and upon us as the citizens of this great nation. So notice with me three things, if you would, beginning with verse 11, we see we are to remember God's principles. Verse 11, again, "...beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping His commandments and His judgments and His statutes," Which I command thee this day. You see, we have to remember the commands that God has given us from His Word. Now, granted, we have many more instructions given to us today than did the children of Israel at that time. However, the fact of the matter remains that God's Word is His instruction. To His people. And whether there was only the Old Testament or now both the Old Testament and the New Testament, whether it was just the law or it is the whole counsel of God, we are expected as God's people to honor and obey His word. One uh, one way we can tell when an individual or nation is not following the Lord is when they're no longer heeding His commands. God desires that we read His word and obey Him, and if we are to remain a great nation and a great people, Americans must remain true to God's word and obey His commands. Leviticus 22 verse 31 says, Therefore shall ye keep my commandments and do them, I am the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, Solomon wrote, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 7, 2, keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. We see this same thing carried over into the New Testament when Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, verse 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. I believe there's a great dearth among the people of our land in regard to our love for the Lord and for his goodness to us. We see it evidenced on a daily basis as we listen to the news topics that are broadcast or in print. We see that multitudes of people in America mock God and mock the leadership that has been raised up in our country. Now, understandably so, for years, comedians have made fun of politicians, even so much as uh, making fun of the President of the United States. Bob Hope was one of the most well-known comedians in recent history in our nation, yet he had the privilege of meeting many presidents during his lifetime, but he also (laughs) didn't miss an opportunity to take shots at them. And with many of these folks, it was... It was clean fun. It was meant to be humorous. But now we see people such as comedians, celebrities, athletes... Politicians taking shots that are demeaning, that are condescending, that are promoting violence, and that are intended to uh, cause anarchy. I believe what we see today in America is a rebellion against authority. And yes, people are rebelling against the, the authority that are in political office and in leadership in our country at whatever level. But, beloved, this indicates a rebellion against God and His Word. For the scripture tells us, we we are to obey those in authority over us. We see this in Romans and we see it in Hebrews. And uh, this mob rule mentality that we see being pushed and put to the forefront in our society and culture today is not new to the history of the world. In Numbers chapter 16 we see this mob rule mentality even presided in the days of Noah. Numbers chapter 16 verse 1 this scripture says now Korah the son of Izahar the son of Kohath the son of Levi and Dathan and Abiram the sons of Eliab and An the son of Peleth sons of Reuben took men and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel 250 princes of the assembly famous of the congregation men of renown the leader of this group was a priest These individuals were well-known and well-respected people in the Hebrew community at that time. But 250 of them stood in unity opposing Moses, the man whom God had raised up to lead the children of Israel. This mob mentality is meant to intimidate and cause someone to back down. And in verse 3 it says, And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, and every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then, lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. You understand what they were saying? They were accusing Moses of being the self-appointed leader of the Jews. But this isn't so. This is the man whom God chose by faith to enter into Egypt and to withstand Pharaoh and demand, let my people go. And it's not surprising to find so many people across our country today calling for rebellion and promoting anarchy for decades Our national educational system has belittled and denigrated our forefathers. It's accentuated our country's failures. It's undermined the values of home and family. It's pushed and promoted the failed governmental system of socialism. It has forced upon students the ideas and philosophy of the LGBTQ community. And we find that children in our public schools are being inundated with anti-patriotic and anti-Christian indoctrination, if you will. It's sad to think that children as young as kindergarten age are being taught the benefits of a transgender lifestyle. This is deplorable. No matter what efforts are taken to rewrite history Or to confuse the minds of the youth of America. This nation was founded upon the principles set forth in the word of God. We find that in the news today there are university professors all across this country. Who are promoting the writings of Karl Marx. And holding him up as a great leader. Beloved Karl Marx had nothing to do with the founding in this country. In fact it was completely the opposite. People who stood up for God and believed that God gave Gave us individual rights and freedoms and that we as a people ought to be able to enjoy them. The colonists, the colonials, the people who lived here in this country in the early days of our nation's history, they wanted to be free to govern themselves and to worship and to live without government intervention and without being under the thumb Of a monarch across the ocean. And people today have the same right to live here in America and enjoy the freedoms afforded us. And we have those freedoms today because of men like George Washington and others who stood up and said we will be a free people. George Washington, first president of the United States said it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. John Adams, second president of the United States, said, "...we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion." Thomas Jefferson, third president of the U.S., "...the Bible is the source of liberty." The Bible makes the best people in the world. James Madison, fourth president. We have staked the whole future of American civilization, not on the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future of all of our political institutions upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves according to, listen to this, the Ten Commandments of God. John Quincy Adams, 6th President of the U.S. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this, that it connected in one dissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. Patrick Henry who of course is most well known for his declaration, give me liberty or give me death, said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship. John Jay. First Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Isn't that organization in the news quite heavily right now? He said, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of a Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. Well, you don't hear that coming out of the Supreme Court these days, do you? America's founding was so steeped in the Bible that even that fountain of disinformation, Newsweek magazine, couldn't deny it. In the December 27th, 1982 edition, is an article entitled, How the Bible Made America. This bastion of anti-Americanism had to admit that the Bible, quote, has extended an unrivaled influence on American culture Politics and social life. Now, historians are discovering that the Bible, perhaps even more than the Constitution, is our founding document. Bible study was the core of public education, and nearly every literate family not only owned a Bible but read it regularly and reverently. Because of this biblical influence, the United States seemed to Europeans. To be one vast public congregation. A nation with the soul of a church. Yes, our country was founded upon the principles of the word of God. And we as citizens of this land need to be careful that we not forget this great truth. And forsake the principles of God's word by the way, when a populace ignores or forsakes the principles of God's word, they suffer the consequences framed therein. Back in Numbers 16, and Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own hand. His response to Korah and these 250 princes If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass... As he had made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth was closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation that's just one example of many in the word of god of those who oppose god and his direction for his people beloved it's tragic whenever you hear of someone coming under the chastening hand of the lord all oh, god demands that we his people remember His principles. Remember the instruction of his word. But notice with me in our text. Verses 12 and 13. We're also to remember God's provision. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full. And hast built goodly houses. And dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply. And thy silver and thy gold is multiplied. And all that thou hast is multiplied. God repeatedly calls attention to the fact. That he is going to multiply their goods. Our nation has been blessed in so many ways over the years. You know, think about the children of Israel when they went into the promised land. They got to benefit from the land of milk and honey. They got to benefit from the fruit of the land. From all that was there, God abundantly provided for their every need. And God does that for his own. Our nation, America, has been a source of provision of help, and strength and encouragement and enrichment, not just for the citizens of America, but as well for the peoples of the world. Our nation through the years had given billions and Billions of dollars away to other countries to help and to aid them in time of need. When there's a hurricane, a typhoon, an earthquake, or some major disaster in other parts of the world, Americans are quick to be on the scene and help and aid them through their time of disaster. The American people as a whole are a generous people. Humanly speaking, they're a kind people. All When we forget, if we forget that what we have has been provided to us by the hand of God, God help us. James chapter 1 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Everything that we have as individuals, as families, as a church, As a country comes from the Lord. He has made this a great nation and has blessed our land abundantly. So much so, and I say this cautiously, but even someone living on a poverty level in America is making far more per year than those living in many other countries Around the world. This is one reason so many people want to come to America to start a new life, to be able to earn a living and provide for their family, and there's nothing wrong with that. I believe per capita there are more millionaires and billionaires in America than any other country in the world. Yes, God has caused this land and we, His people, to prosper, but we need to be careful. We need to guard against believing that what we have has been given to us by the government. There is a welfare mentality that is prevailing in the minds of many people in our country today. And their attitude is, the government owes me a living. The government owes me everything I want and need. Oh, beloved, be careful. Everything that we have comes to us. From the Lord. God has promised to provide for His people and we as Christians need to be careful to never forget that he is our heavenly Father and he will care for us Matthew chapter seven verse eleven said if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your heavenly Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him now of course we don't promote and preach the foolishness of the prosperity gospel that is so common in some churches Groups today, We don't believe that just because someone says they're a Christian and they go to church that God's going to automatically make them rich. That's foolish. However, we do believe God will take care of his own. David said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Paul said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus yes God's provision is sufficient for the need at the time and we as his children should never forget that you see the Bible warns against the foolishness of chasing after wealth and worldly gain the Bible says all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passeth away and the lust thereof But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. Jesus asked, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We as God's people need to be careful not to chase after fleeting riches, but to pursue righteousness. And godliness and holy living. Yes, we need to remember God's principles. We need to remember God's provision. And third, in verse 14 of our text, we need to remember God's promises. Verse 14 tells us, Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. God told his children, They were going to go into bondage in the land of Egypt. And he told them after a season they were going to be delivered from that land. Well, it turned out that that season ended up being 400 years. After 400 years, people might begin to think, well, I don't think God's remembered us. Has God forgotten? Has God forsaken us? And certainly, after 400 years and living in the type of bondage and under the tyrannical hand of the pharaoh that they were living, certainly many people could understandably question whether or not God actually did care for them and whether God would fulfill his promise to them that he would deliver them one day from that land. But you know the amazing thing about God's promises? They're not time-stamped. They don't have an expiration date. They're not going to run out If we don't use them quickly. All God's promises are eternal. And promises of God in this case. With the nation of Israel being delivered. Was just as viable the day he made it. As it was over 400 years later. When he delivered them from that land. Yes God promised those people. That he would deliver them. And he fulfilled that promise. We as God's children need to be careful not to forget the promises of the Lord. God has promised to bless the nation and people who honor him. Psalm 33 verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. But he's also promised to reject them, to remove his hand of blessing from them should they turn away from him. Psalm 65 verse 4 says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house even of thy holy temple. God promises to care for us. There are many promises in the word of God, how he kept promises to care for us, to provide for us, to protect us, to oversee us, and to one day call us unto himself. But how many times we look past those promises, we forget the goodness of God, and as a result, chase after the things of this world. How sad that the nation of Israel As we see recorded in the Old Testament as you get into the book of Joshua and then in Judges you see over and over and over again these people forgot about the commands and the promises of God. And God let them endure great struggle and great trial. God forbid that we as his children would forget his promises and find ourselves struggling through the affairs of our life. Jesus said in in chapter 15, verse 16 of of the gospel of John, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Yes, God has promised to do great and mighty things for those who love him and walk with him. How we need to be faithful in that area Moses emphasized, among other things, these three thoughts concerning God's expectation for the children of Israel when they entered into the promised land. They were to remember God's principles, they were to remember God's provision, and they were to remember God's promises. We, as God's people, have the same expectation and responsibility. We need to obey his word. We need to be grateful For the bounty he has provided to us as a nation and as individuals. And we as well need to remember his promises. By the way, not all promises are positive. He did promise. He would never leave us nor forsake us. But he also promised to chasten those whom he loves. How we need to be faithful to the Lord and his word. As we celebrate America's independence... I hope we take time to remember that God has done great things for us personally. He has blessed us in so many ways. We're reminded of the song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. We as a nation, Americans, have a multitude of things for which we can thank the Lord. We as Christians as well have many things for which we ought to be grateful. The problem for a lot of folks is either they don't remember or they never knew in the first place. The tragedy for many Americans in our country today is they don't know this nation was founded on biblical principles. They've been taught from childhood that our forefathers were corrupt, dishonest, disreputable, vile individuals who did everything for their own personal gain. They've been taught that our governmental system is based solely on the idea and concept of cheating the citizens and taking advantage of them. No, America was founded upon the principles set forth in the Word of God. And we as a people have a responsibility to make sure our citizens know these great truths. But unfortunately, a lot of people, they don't really know. They don't really understand and then others choose not to remember. I'd like to close with this illustration that emphasizes that particular thought, either not remembering or not knowing. The story is told of a man named Artful Eddie. He was a slick lawyer in his days who lacked nothing. Someone has said he was one of the roars of the Roaring Twenties. He, in fact, was a crony of Al Capone, and he ran the gangster's dog tracks he actually mastered a simple technique of fixing dog races. And what he would do is he would overfeed seven of the dogs and then bet on the eight. And as a result, he gained wealth, status, and style as one of Al Capone's henchmen. But one day, he decided things had to change, and he chose to turn on Al Capone and surrendered records to the government, that would allow the IRS to later convict Al Capone of tax evasion. So the question is, why would a man who had pretty much anything he wanted, prestige, power, wealth, why would he do that? The answer was his son. He had a boy named Butch. Eddie had been around the filth of the underworld for so long. And there are some historians who believe that St. Valentine's Day Massacre was the last straw that caused him to make this decision. But he said he didn't want his son to be under that influence. He wanted to give his son a good name. He knew if he was going to do that, he had to change his own life. So, he turned state's evidence against Al Capone, and shortly thereafter... His life was ended by a shotgun blast fired at him by someone in a vehicle, driving by him one day. So the question would be asked, was it worth it? Well, it was to his son, Butch. Eddie would have been proud to read of his son at all the things that he accomplished as he grew up. He would have been proud to read of his appointment to Annapolis. He would have been proud to read of his son being appointed an officer in the United States Navy. Being a pilot during World War II, and no doubt he would have been very proud of his son when he heard that Butch shot down five Japanese bombers in four minutes, and in doing so, spared the lives of many of the crew members aboard the USS Lexington, his own ship, who was the target of those attacking bombers. No doubt he would have been proud to hear of his son, Butch, receiving the Medal of Honor. Yes, his family name was cleared. And now when people in the city of Chicago think of the name O'Hara, they don't think of a gangster. They think of Butch O'Hara, after whom the second largest airport in our country is named. Yes, O'Hara International Airport is named after Edward H. Butch O'Hara, son of Art Folletti, an Al Capone gangster who turned good. You know, a lot of people don't know that story. The fact of the matter is we as a nation are failing in teaching our citizens the truth of our country's history. When we fail to do so, we open the doors for a floodgate of opposition just like we're seeing today. When politicians in office are calling for the citizens of this country to rise up in rebellion against the President of the United States, against his cabinet, against leaders across this nation. When we forsake the principles of the Word of God, we shouldn't be surprised when people in Pittsburgh are being encouraged to slaughter police officers in the street. We shouldn't be surprised at the corruption And the immorality that is rampant in our land today. You turn away from righteousness. And you turn toward everything that is evil and vile. We as God's people need to be careful. To remember the principles. The provision and the promises of God. That he's made to us as a country. And he's made to us as his children. So that we might. Tell others of God's goodness in our lives.